Michael Rosso Film Photography Podcast. I'm here with Mr. John Fideli. Hey, baby. Here we are, November 15th, 2021. Wow. wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. wow. Whoa. It is wow-worthy. Uh, for, for folks who don't know, the Film Photography Podcast is... is the podcast of the Film Photography Project, which is uh, a website with... Um, film goodies. Yes, it's a collective, a collective of uh, info, videos, the FPP online store, mm-hmm. which is uh, has become a go-to place for people who are looking for the cheapest prices on film. Yep. Maybe buy a hat or a shirt while you're at it. Yes. John and I shoot a um, about once a week uh, an instructional video. YouTube channel, Film Photography Project YouTube channel. Please do check it out. And I've been doing camera reviews, and I've been kind of tilted towards movie cameras. 8mm. 8mm, Super 8, some 16. So I'm going to start doing uh, still camera reviews because the majority of folks who listen to this podcast and or shoot film shoot still photography. Yeah. As John is playing with the, what is that one called? This is a Fujika 8 T3. Did we do this one? Yeah, we did that one. That's great. Nice <clears> camera. <throat> yeah. Nice lenses. Yeah, beautiful camera. Yeah, but, you know, you're trying to convert some people to the uh, glories of 8mm. Well, it's a wonderful format. Oh, shoot in motion. Mm. Uh, because, as I've said many times, I see fil- I see motion picture photography as same thing as still photography. Yeah. It's the same. The principles are exactly the same. So F-stop. You shoot a lot more pictures. With Shutter speed. Yeah. And you're just running 24 or 16 frames per second. Yeah. 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 Today, uh, November 15, we have a few topics, a few exciting topics. Ooh, good. Yeah. Excite me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One ties into the YouTube channel. We're going to be talking about uh, film and its rising cost. Yes. Which is a concern for a lot of people. I don't know how many folks out there listening are on social media. I'm guessing most folks out there have been solicited to buy YouTube, Instagram likes and subscribers. Mm. We'll talk about that a little bit. It's a very, inter- a very interesting topic. Yeah. But I, I, I it, see it. It angers me. How do you do that? <laughs> how stupid can you be? I see it uh, from a very different pers- perspective as, as someone who has been working on the FPP YouTube channel. You know, for a very long time, mm-hmm. and uh, who we we aspire to get those thirty thousand subscribers. Yeah, you work hard. You're not buying any likes or views or any of that stuff. But there's a whole psychology behind it, which we will delve into. Yes, and we frequently talk about magazines, zines, print magazines. Always re- refreshing to talk about the print. You know, to actually have something tangible. Not a lot of them around. No, Mr. Mark O'Brien was on the road, and he uh, spoke to Mr. Kent Shamness, who has a magazine called NSEW Magazine. What is it? Who do you want to talk to? NSEW Magazine. Who is it? NSEW Magazine. I guess you could say North, South, East, West. And Mark, who also has his own zine, Monochrome Mania. Yeah, that's right. So it's a you know so three exciting topics. I hope you stick around, and we'll be right back. Mm. Once in a while, you give just for the fun of it. When you give a Kodak Tele Instamatic camera outfit, you give everything you need to take exciting color pictures on Christmas morning. Tele Instamatic cameras take pictures two ways: normal shots and telephoto shots. Kodak Tele Instamatic cameras start at less than $39. Outfits a few dollars more. Hey, we're back. Recently, uh, yeah. Mr. Mark O'Brien was on the on the rickety road. He was on like a... Yeah, he was on a very extended trip. Yes. 
Uh, Mark, you could find at his uh, random camera blog online. And Mark O'Brien is also on social media, on the Instagram. And he frequently will hit the road with his camera and, like, you know, mm. take, like, old Route 66 or something. Yeah. You know, he'll go. Mark had the um, pleasure of meeting a gentleman by the name of Kent Shamness. That was one of his uh, stops on this uh, last trip? Yes. Well, as you had mentioned before the break, Mark publishes his own magazine. It's called uh, Monochrome Mania. Right. You know, if you're a self-publisher, you know, you publish whatever, 100 copies, 200 copies, you know, a few hunch copies. Yeah, not a ton. If you're, I guess I have enough of a following, if people you know, are aware of what you do and what you've been doing, and Mark's been doing it a long time, mm-hmm. you could sell out. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, must be. So I, I would guess uh, Mark, as a publisher himself, I guess is attuned to other... He knows other people in the zine community. Zine. Because I'm sure he purchases them as well as just putting them out. Yes. Kent has uh, NSEW magazine, and uh, let's, uh, let's roll that in. Sure, let's see what they're all about. This is Mark O'Brien with the Film Photography Project, and I'm here in Tucson, Arizona, with Kent Chamness, the editor and publisher of NSEW Magazine, which is a photography magazine. When did you start writing a zine? We started about two years ago, and really, um, I think, really the impetus for me with ENSO, starting ENSO, was um, I, I wanted to have a space that was not online that would hold people from different regions of the U.S. because we really wanted to uh, examine how someone's environment uh, affects their art. And I think think we do a good job of it. I don't know, but but, um, but that was our our first goal. Um, The second goal was to try to pull people away from computers just a little bit because I think there's there's space for everything. Um, But we wanted something where you could hold something in your hands and not be swiping left and right, and that you could like sit and contemplate over something with a cup of coffee, you know, kind of that that whole thing. As I started just getting into uh, reaching out across uh, the country in, in just in connections and emails with other photographers, I was like, we gotta we gotta put this together into something, and I don't know what something is, and it turned out being Enzo. Okay. So I, I grew up here in Tucson and uh, went to a performing arts school because it had um, a a photography department that was actually one of the best in the country. And it's actually really interesting because the uh, Center for Creative Photography that's here at the U of A, which is fantastic, and they've They've actually just renovated it, and I haven't. And during COVID, they were closed, oh, okay. so I haven't been able to get back there. But but uh, people should go. It houses the archives of Ansel Adams, uh, uh, Eugene Smith. Uh, I mean, just many many photographers yeah. that have just fantastic stuff, and their doors are open, right? It's yeah. part of the U of A. So that, so if you wanted to take an archival tour, you could go and be like. Here's these negatives that were, you know, in the hands of these masters, right? And uh, and I do not, in any way, uh, suppose that Enso is is touching those giants. But the point of it is the same: is that yeah. you're is that you're holding it and you're touching it, and you're contemplating, and 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 you look at something, and you go, how did they do that, right? So uh, so for me, as an example, I look at a contributor from the first issue of Enso, who is Don Surratt. 
Uh, she's from North Carolina. I look at her work and I go, I don't, I don't understand how she does that. It's not long exposure. It's not, uh, you know, some sort of manipulation. I, I don't know what she's doing, but it's fantastic and it's beautiful. And it's like, she's mixing art and photography together. And I was like, I, I'm in, I, I cannot fathom how she's doing this, but people need to see it, right? Uh -huh. I reach out specifically to specific photographers and say, hey, can you do a, an eight-page spread mm -hmm. um, if you're interested? And the reason for the magazine is not to make money or to become famous. The reason for the magazine is so that as a reader, you're introduced to four new photographers that you never knew. And now you have this connection with them, and then you have their info to connect with them, just like you and I are sitting down right, right now because of this magazine. Yeah, I find that as I've been talking to other film users and stuff, the film photography community is a really generous, open-hearted, open-armed community. In, in a way, in doing the same thing like what you're talking about, right. it's kind of creating your own gallery space. Exactly. Right? Yeah, and so we wanted to do that, but with, uh, with uh, a few different people who, let, let's face it, their their work is fantastic. Like Jason Boehner on the on the cover of, uh -huh. of this issue of and oh. so oh, yeah. guy's doing great stuff with wet plate. I mean it's it's oh. really great stuff and, and people need to see it, you know. Our goal is to hit zero and then anything over zero we actually uh, uh, donate to a local Tucson charity. Okay. So, um, so actually, this this issues is uh, for an organization called Yoto or Youth on Their Own. Okay. And what it provides is um, it actually provides support for homeless teenagers to graduate okay. high school. Okay. Right, That's which good. we think is a fantastic mission. Yeah. And, uh, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, organizations within Tucson that support Yoto, and and so we want to be there. So if we can get past that zero point, right, then, then we'll be sending a check and and really mark the, the check would be coming from you right, right the check right. would be coming from anyone that purchases it not coming from me so that that's kind of our mission you know our mission is like hey let's get photography into people's hands let's make zero dollars so we don't we don't have an ulterior motive here right you know so we'll see we'll see yeah. how it goes but it's been fun so far and and i do want to say um i have i have help in uh, a guy who's been a contributor a few times uh named chris schumacher he's now in virginia um, he was in Tucson, but he's now in he's now in Virginia, and he's actually our copy editor. Oh, great! And and then I'll run uh, I run everything by Chris, and I'm like, what do you think about this type of paper and this? And so we think we've got it where we want it now. And, and Chris is a not just a huge help, but he he's kind of co co doing Enso with me at this point, and, and I I couldn't do it without him. So he's a fantastic guy, great photographer. Well, thanks. It's been a great yeah. time talking to you about the zines. It's also been great meeting you. One good time deserves another. And you can double the fun of any day's outing with a Brownie camera by Kodak. This Brownie Starmite camera, for example, is the handiest flash camera Kodak ever made. And it lets you get good pictures the first time with no instruction at all. <laughs> no instruction at all. You can count on clear, bright snapshots in black and white or color. Even color slides you can show as big as life. The Starmite camera with built-in flash holder costs less than $12. Other Brownie cameras cost less than $7. Remember, 
Only a brownie camera gives you so much pleasure at so low a cost. Hey, we're back. Yes. So here we are, end of 2021, and uh, big topic is, of course, you know, I don't want to say post-pandemic. What's a good word? You know, a uh, uh, post-lockdown mm. world. Okay. And the post-lockdown world is different in many, many ways. Yep. And this is the second episode where I mentioned <clears throat> supply chain. Uh-huh. And it's so intricate, and there's so many moving parts that I guess every day, all the products we buy in a store, we always take it for granted mm-hmm. that everything is just there. Yep. Not understanding that at any moment things could just go awry and you could be without something. Right. Or you, know, you could pay two, three times what right. you normally would for it. So, for example, take take this candy bar in my hand made yeah. by uh, Mix Twix. 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 I don't know who makes Twix. Twix. Here in the U.S., we have something called a Twix bar. Mars m M&M. Mars. They're up in New Jersey. They're right here in New Jersey. The Mars headquarters. Really? Where? Yeah. M&M Mars. I want to say up Route 80, north. Yeah. What, what, is that the company, M&M Mars? M&M Mars, yeah. What's the company that bought out Nabisco? Um, Are they called Mon- Mondelez? Mon- Mon- Mondel- yeah, yes. <laughs> so, folks listening, we're here wow. in Fairlawn, New Jersey, and we're talking about yeah. sweets. We're way off topic. Uh, Nabisco, here in the U.S., <clears throat> Nabisco makes Oreos. Mm-hmm. Amongst Nilla wafers. Yeah, Many other, many other things. And there is still this great building on Route 208 in Fairlawn, New Jersey. It's a big square, Mad it's Men a, era. It's a factory, yeah. Yeah, like early 1960s. And it says across the top in big block letters, Nabisco. Yeah. But anyhow, so the Twix in my hand. Thank you, John. John um, yeah. lives in a suburban community that has a very, uh, very high uh, Halloween trick-or-treating. High density of children. Yes, so lots of candy. Yeah. So he lots. brought over all the uh, extra candy. And it's still not gone. And That's bring, how much candy I Next week, bring it over. If something like a Twix bar, you take everything for granted. But in fact, there's so many moving parts to it. Mm. The, var- the sugar, the caramel, the vanilla flavoring, whatever it might be. Well, even just the parts in the, uh, you know, the ball bearings and the grease and, you know, the mechanical parts. Of the machines. Of the machines, yeah. The packaging. Yeah, the materials and, to make the packaging. Yes. I'm saddened but not surprised that just about everything that I purchase, mm. and I'm sure everyone listening purchases, yeah. wherever you may be in the world, is going to go up yeah. uh, 5 to 30%. Jesus. Jesus. Gas is already almost 4 buck. Yeah. Gallon. Film is not immune to these price of course uh, not. spikes. I'm a little surprised that the... Amount of, you know, sort of like, I guess, uh, social media press that's getting all the negative, nasty comments people are leaving. People just like to be jerks and vent. I'm doing my show, Joe. No, you can do it by yourself. I'm doing my show. (laughs) Well, Well, like what? What's like the biggest angle of people who are hating? That it's like a scam Uh, and it's a scheme? They say things that are just awful, like, you know, F Kodak. You know, they stink. (laughs) I'm saying I'm saying it nicely. Right. right. Oh wow. You know, it's like it's like you know. So uh, it's not surprising. Well, first of all, this, you know, I don't see uh, raising prices, generally speaking, as news. Right. Uh, well, but I, you're a business person. You know how these things work. A lot of people are not familiar with the workings of business and what it takes to keep things going as a business. Well, so they just rant and rave without real 
and yeah. real knowledge of what it is. I think that us, you, I, folks listening who shoot film, I think that we have had it really good for a very long time. I mean, mm-hmm. the idea of buying a roll of uh, Kodak Gold for five ninety nine, or a few years ago was close to $5. We've been very lucky and fortunate to have prices that are that mm. good. It's not surprising or shocking that, that prices are going up. Yeah, but what about people who want to shoot different emulsions? Five, six years ago, if you mentioned Kodak Gold or Kodak mm. Ultramax 400, you'd be like, ugh. Extend your pinky and be like, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, oh, that's, you know... It, that's for people in the drugstore. Exactly. Uh, th- those, you know, traditionally, in the days when this podcast started, you'd go to the drugstore to buy film. Now, seems crazy right yeah they still have it there though oh they do they still have film and disposable cameras at least at the one by me they don't do developing anymore though but in the last five years a new group of people shooting film new people the new people the new people new people go gold kodak gold has finally become gold it's getting the respect it deserves. <laughs> oh, hey. It's true. And because of the increased demand of film, Kodak has had a hard time in the last year keeping up demand. So these films, Gold, Ultramax, then you get mm-hmm. into the professional films, Portra, mm-hmm. Ektar, Ektar, they are hard to get a hold of. They're in high demand, so they're scarce. So all of this is happening at the same time, so maybe it is jarring to people that... Yeah. I can't buy the film, and then when I buy the film, the prices have gone up. But there's an awesome article, which I want to direct everyone to. I'll I'll read the opening and closing paragraph. It comes from Silvergrain Classics, an article by Ludwig Hagelstein. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's called Film Prices Analyzed. Is Film Too Expensive? An in-depth look at film prices, price hikes, and the real cost of film. The following article is an excerpt from Silvergrain Classics print issue, talking about zines. Yeah. It's available in stores from November 26, 2021. How much have prices gone up, and is film really becoming too expensive, question mark? Hmm. Do tell. Look at film prices, perspective, and why film costs what it does. With the most recent price increases, the price tag a consumer sees on a roll of film has become higher than any other time in the past 40 years. But even with the most notable increase, which has come between 2020 and 2021, its price has not risen beyond comparison. Average price increase was around 30% in the period from 1981 Mm. to 2021. From a historical point of view, film is not more expensive than it ever was, mm-hmm. as some like to claim. Oh, there's always those guys. <laughs> Put into perspective of inflation, a 36 exposure roll of Kodak Tri-X is 11, you know, this is average, $11.60, which which is the same as it was in 1956, $1.15. So in 1956, by the way, I was not alive in 1956. <laughs> People who like, oh, that guy's so old, I don't listen to that. <laughs> yeah. Not that old. In 1956, you dig this. In, talking about the drugstore. In 1956, you go to the drugstore, and you'd sit at the counter, and you'd get a hamburger no, and a no. Coke for 10 cents. That's outrageous. 10 cents. Okay. You know what? I wasn't there. Let's say a quarter. 20 <laughs> Yes, no, 25 cents. Well, my dad no, used to go to the movies to... all day for like a nickel. 
No, it had to be ten cents Back because forties. It had to be ten cents because in nineteen seventy two, yeah, a slice of pizza was fifty cents. It was twenty five cents. Oh, was it? Yes. I don't know. How can you remember that? Jesus. Because they opened Bruno's Pizza, and as a little kid, when like so, when a when a restaurant <laughs> opened, when you were a little kid in a town, you know, something new came. It's, in. it's like the world. Yeah. So Bruno's Pizza opened. Grand opening, you go. And then Gino's Hamburgers opened. Oh, wow. Gino's. It was a chain. Everybody goes to Gino's. Gino's is the place to go. Gino's is the place to go. Gino's is the place Gino's. to go. Time to wake this show up. So Crazy. that pizza is 25 cents. How much is a slice now? Over $2, I bet. Well, he, I mean, here you go. $1.15 USD in 1956. 1956. Right. It's a fortune. Current price of Triax, depending on where you look, is nine ninety five. So while complaints about higher prices are understandable and disgruntled feelings are shared almost universally, mm. no one likes to pay more for a product that used to be cheaper. Alarmism. I'm doing my show. Perceptively uh, cheaper. Alarmism about film prices rising to the point of killing the analog revival. I'll stab you! Are still out of proportion, according to this author. It's a great article. I'm going to go right to the end of it. Happy ending? Yes. So for what it is, most film is priced appropriately. If there's any price gouging in analog photography, it isn't committed by Kodak, Fuji, or Ilford, Mm. but by those resellers capitalizing on hoarded film they sell at astronomical prices. That's the important point. To unsuspecting newcomers who are just starting out in film photography. The new people. Those guys. Yes. The new people. And then in italics, if you like balanced and well-researched articles about analog photography similar to this one, consider subscribing to the print issue of Silver Grain Classics. Go to shop.silvergrainclassics.com. And you could uh, get yourself an issue. I highly recommend this article. This is online. You could read it. We're gonna keep. Uh, we're gonna keep our eye on this. This phenomenon of price raising. <laughs> <laughs> what you folks need to remember is this: these are the good old days. Wait, it's <laughs> uh, depressing, dude. <laughs> these are the good old days. So just enjoy it. The fact that these emotions even exist in 2021 is yeah. so amazing. Think yeah. about it. 10 years ago, 12 years ago, when FPP first started, it was like the end of the world for film. Yeah. It was like there's going to be no such thing. And, of course, you started a film photography podcast yeah. at that time. <laughs> well, you're smart or, oh. or stupid. I don't know. I don't know. So, you know, going back to the gold yes. thing. So you're saying people are giving it respect now because it's affordable or because it was always a good emulsion and nobody realized it because they thought it was just, uh, you know, a drugstore well, the world has changed, and Kodak is one of the last uh, manufacturers of color film. Mm. So I think that uh, new folks that are picking up their cameras don't have the preconceived notion yeah. of it being junk, a junk film. The new because it's not a junk film. It's a great film. You always thought it was a great film, because I always poo-pooed it. I always thought it was a great film. You always liked it. Yep. The the film that I like the best hmm. is the Color Plus 200, which is uh, it's a VR emulsion from the 80s. Back in the 1980s, Kodak introduced VR Color. It was VR Color 100 ISO, 200 ISO, and in 1983, like, astonishing 
1000 ISO. Yeah. Color. Wow. They have this whole line of VR film. It was a new granular technology. Okay. Like so it was what, a new formula. VR is like very real. What does it stand for? Uh, I don't I, I keep, it, you keep asking me that. Oh, uh, you stupid. Yeah, I don't know what yeah. it is. So Color Plus 200 is the last surviving emulsion that wasn't available in the U.S. until a few years ago when we mm-hmm. petitioned Kodak to bring it. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they did. Bring it on. Bring it. Also, uh, Pro Image 100. Pro Limoges. That's right. So I've got to even mention these emulsions. Right now I'm having a thankful moment. Just the fact that these emulsions exist, the Color Plus, the Pro Image, Pro Limoges, the Max, the Gold, the Ektar, the Portra. Mm -hmm. It's like we should be glad it's available at any price. Yeah, it's true. You know? It's a it's a lot to choose from in what should be and what should not be. Right. So you know, I guess you see, Mike. See, this is why we like you. Thank you. <laughs> you're, you're shining a light on like you, you gotta you know be super positive. Let's right? have a round of applause for color film because it, in this article in Silver Grain by Ludwig Hagelstein, like he's right. It's like it's like it's 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 amazing that it exists and comparatively right. Relatively speaking. Re- relatively speaking to everything else. of It cost me $50 to fill up my tank the other day. Holy shush. So, you know. So if this is something that you're, you know, it, it's a useful hobby to you and it's enriching your life, you should spend the money on it and shut up. Shut up! Shut up! We'll be back right after this. Okay, everybody? It's a bit dark under here, isn't it, Dave? Oh, yeah, you lot do look a bit shady. I will fix that. Is that red wine or treacle, Marty? <laughs> Colette, Ron's shirt could have some more holiday colour. Does your film require you to do a bit of retouching? Perfect. Would well, they see my nice suntan, Dave? You're right. Get strong, true colors in your camera, not all over you. Hey, we're back. Hey, we're going to talk a little bit about social media and... Um, you're going to have to keep me super positive about this. In the world of film photography, where uh, a lot of us are trying to um, get a presence online, whether mm-hmm. it's Instagram, YouTube, launching a YouTube channel, uh, whereas you're, you're trying to build a little community yourself, mm-hmm. I find it interesting and John finds it infuriating. And yes. what I'm talking about is, you know, for, from our perspective, we, we have a YouTube channel that uh, in the last year or so, I've been working very hard on um, you know, of making a decision of bringing content to the film photography community and to the film community that's shooting movies on film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a tool. It's, it's, you know, it's a way to, to educate people how to use. It's an educational tool. It's also a way to bring people, you know, turn people onto new formats. Right. It's a way to promote your store. Same thing with the Instagram, which is, you know, and I think that we're fortunate that the FPP has been around for 12 years. So when we have, you know, 24,000 subscribers Mm -hmm. or 29,000 subscribers on YouTube, I just take it for granted. But I don't because it's been a 10-year build. Mm -hmm. So I keep getting... A 10-year honest build. Yes. I keep... Yes. And what we're talking about here are are artificial uh, likes, views, subscribers... And there was a sponsored article pu- published in the Denver Post, 27 Best Sites to Buy YouTube Views, Likes, and Subscribers. It's crazy that there's 27 sites. There's more, but these are the best 27. When I am on Instagram, uh, I maintain the site for FPP. I, I get these private messages that I always capture and send to John. I'm yeah. like, hey, John, do you need, need 10,000 subscribers? 
subscribers. Here you go. Jesus. I'm always like amazed that, that I'm getting a solicitation to buy subscribers. I know the YouTube community is, you know, somewhat in, insulated in the sense that, you know, uh, creators, as they're called, they take this all very serious and everyone wants to be fast-tracked into having subscribers and likes on your video. Well, because I think it's like any other kind of form of entertainment. People want to make a living at it. And there's, you know... 30,000 people, there's way more, but there's 30,000 people who are making videos and only one or two of them are going to get to be, you know, mega stars, you know, where they get millions of views. So a lot of people are chasing that dragon and the way they're doing it is buying likes and views. They want fame and fortune, fast tracked. <laughs> well, the, I think what I find humorous is that us, me, you, folks listening, we're in such a, a trickle-down niche. Like, So you take all the niches, photography, mm. then you go down from there, film photography. Mm. Then you go down from there, you know, movie making on film or what Matt Mirage does is, you know, large format photography. Yeah. The niche keeps getting so small. So I'll see videos and I'll just look at them and I'll be like, oh, this is a great video. But there's no way in a million years in a million yeah. years in a million yeah. years that this video can have this many likes or or views it's just impossible john is, gets very agitated about it i it's just cheating i just <laughs> it's drug addiction it's no different from any other drug you get adrenaline rushes it changes your brain chemistry yes. it gives you something to look forward to you know and when it goes down you're looking for your next high so it's all about junkies so when i text john and I did this more than once, and I'll probably keep doing it. I always, you know, because you'll get it like 9 o'clock at night, and I'll be like, hey, John, time to boost your subs. Yeah. And then I'll put a picture of the ad that someone sent me. You could buy views, like on YouTube, for $15.50, you could buy 3,000 views on one of your videos. It's, it's, it's almost too easy. Why wouldn't you? For $44, you could buy 10,000 views on your video. Oh, my gosh. John. <laughs> for for $199, John, you could buy 50,000 views on your video. John, wait. John, uh, I, I, for 373 John's thinking about it now. Uh, for $373, you could buy 100,000 views I'm, I'm, my, on your video. My soul is sinking hearing okay. you talk about it. So this article, it's great because like, everyone's going to take this segment the wrong way and start buying views. <laughs> Probably. So no. this article, this it's you know a sponsored content article in the Denver Post. It's uh -huh. online. It gives you a list of all these companies, and they each have their own price structure. They're all very similar. So this is becoming more and more mainstream. It, this kind of was a dirty secret a little while ago, wasn't it? I don't know. I, it wasn't talked about. I. I no I one talks not, about this. I was not made aware of this stuff until very recently. No one talks about this. When I, I follow a couple of photographers on Instagram, and when I see their posts getting more likes than Annie Leibowitz's posts, <laughs> you know there's something wrong. It's like it, it's so disingenuous. Just before I mentioned South Park, the awesome show South Park, mm. there's an episode where the two characters, Timmy and Jimmy, Jimmy. are in the Special Olympics yeah. And uh, someone sells Jimmy steroids. Right. So he could perform better. In the Special Olympics. In the Special Olympics. It's, it's the same thing. You want you want to up your performance 
Because if you're presenting yourself, and I hate to use this word because everyone uses it, even mm-hmm. children use it. Hey, talk to a kid. Hey, what are you doing? I'm building my brand. Yeah. You know, we're all brand oriented. Narcissism. We're all brand oriented. And in order to feel like you're part of the community, that you are BMOC. Big man on campus. Oh. You need a, uh, a respectable amount of subscribers mm-hmm. to your channel whether it's youtube or instagram in order for people to get that to get that respect i would imagine now people are looking to um advertise or endorse certain people need them to be that successful on a bunch of platforms yes. not just one the problem is it's very expensive and i mean this from my heart is that you're cheating yourself mm-hmm it's it's you're 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 doing yourself a, a bad. It's not really who you are. It's you want to fast track something, mm-hmm. and it's going to catch up to you because I guess you can keep shelling out the the dollars. It's it's kind of against I would guess your mission statement of what you're trying to do. Your mission statement as a human, <laughs> both as a human and what you're trying to present. The great thing about this article, which is a paid article. Mm-hmm. At the Denver Post is at the very, very end. Here's the final kick in the at, balls. No, no, at the very end are actual tips that every like. This was sponsored content about how to buy views, mm. but at the end is the actual article of are there ways in which I can get real YouTube subscribers? <laughs> so this is yeah. in that article at the very end, basically summing it up that that everything before this paragraph is unreal. It's are, true, right? Yes, That's exactly what it's saying. Yes, you folks out there, and I mean this sincerely, you need to live your life as a reality, real. There are no shortcuts. The shortcuts don't work. In an organic way, the shortcuts, not a manufactured way. The shortcuts don't work. You know what? If that's what you're about, then go lead your life that way. I don't want to know you. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, true. See? But that's the beauty of life, you know? Not everyone's going to agree. We're you just know? giving you our perspective. Yeah, I just want to keep it real for folks. Exactly. So there are traditional ways which you can increase your YouTube subscribers by being very frequent and consistently posting content and being in touch with your viewers, having time to interact with your viewers and posting and generating appealing content. So be consistent. That's very important. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) That's all there is. Be consistent. Uh, Be consistent. And um, this is great because I get to talk about it. Uh, be, Be on brand, meaning be on target with your mission. So what is it you're, whether it's Instagram or YouTube, what is it you're posting about? And this is, you're excluded if you have a personal account and you're just posting personal stuff. Because as much as negative things I have to say about Facebook, if fa- Facebook for family things, I think it's great. Yeah. You oh, know? There are great applications yeah. for it. There are wonderful, I love seeing pictures of events, family events that I can't be at. or that you don't want to go to. <laughs> yes, that too. Mm-hmm. Or even my close friends, the track man, Tom... When it's his kid's birthday, they post a picture. I'm like, oh, that's great. I didn't get invited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you, you got invited virtually. Exactly. But as far as, you know, launching your own channel where you're trying to get a brand, uh, consistency, super important. Uh, st- staying on target, super important. And giving at the time. And this also applies to podcasts. So mm. uh, I don't think podcasts are like the hot new thing anymore. No. You know? <laughs> everybody has a podcast. It, it, it used to be everybody has a screenplay. And before that, everybody has a novel. <laughs> right. So now everybody has a podcast. But if you're thinking of launching a YouTube podcast, Instagram account for a brand, you have to have a game plan, even if it's like a very light game plan. Everything's broadcasting. Everything is being recorded. It's a permanent record. Yeah. So 
be mindful of what you're putting out there and give it time. So if you're going to do a podcast, if you if you don't plan on following through for at least one year, if you don't, then mm. don't bother. Yeah, what's the point? There's no point. You will not be able to grow it. And you got to enjoy doing it because it is hard to do to pull all this stuff together and keep it going and be consistent with the schedule. Exactly. If you don't love it, it's definitely going to come through. Yep. I'm always interested in feedback. You can write to us, podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. For us, it's and for folks listening, it's all about shooting on film, what it, what it, be it still photography or movies. Mm. Just all getting together and being chill, man. Yes, exactly. Yeah, right? And when I t- talk about being on-brand, I, I said this to John, mm. I was off-brand when I posted the Meadowlands Showcase Halloween Takeover episode. <laughs> oh, it was a holiday. <laughs> it's on YouTube, Film Photography Project YouTube channel. People getting angry? No, I don't get angry. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Uh, it's just a little fun for the holiday. Only people in the organization get angry about me posting off-brand but, you know, I was able to find a little slice, Halloween, and the fact that it showcased 16-millimeter film. So I was able to take advantage of that. Okay, well, you know. And share. Not, not too far off-brand. Yeah. Uh, well, we still haven't gotten to our 30,000 subscribers. Now, we've been asking for 30,000 subscribers on YouTube. What, John? Like a year, two years now? Yeah. Which gives folks an idea of how long it takes. To like, organically grow something. Yes, it's like, and it's ticking up. Very, very slowly. Mm. We're at like almost 28,000, which is up from the last time we discussed this. But it's only because I have a plan, Mm -hmm. and that plan is to post a video every week, a a review, and I'd like to think that what John and I inject into it is fun enough, palatable to, to watch, Regardless of whether you're going to shoot with that camera or not. It's entertaining and informative. Yes. And that, I think, folks, is the takeaway of the whole thing. What is the takeaway of all this? Well, it takes time. It does. It takes anything that's worth doing takes time. Yep. And success does not come overnight for anything. And, you know, all these. Except for a couple of people. All these cameras that I load on this channel, like I, I. frequently do the movie cameras uh most recently the kodak has a new camera the m35 little plastic camera remember we oh yeah 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 so that's coming to market that's going to be available by next podcast that's going to be we're speaking be- about price increase that thing's too expensive for a piece of plastic uh so it was like 40 bucks right it was for uh, the so okay so kodak 35 millimeter m35 in designer colors in designer colors it's a 35 millimeter reusable plastic camera mm-hmm. comes in it's a holga yeah it's fancy colors nice cute the reason it was 35 dollars or 40 dollars was because it was only available in asia so anyone in the u.s had to buy it on ebay that's oh, why oh okay now it's in the u.s and it's cheaper uh 20 25 dollars so the fpp will actually have that camera and i did a video about how to load it and the point of it is we're saying things take time things take time i can't stress this enough matt mirage stresses it quite often about large format uh, when I'm doing a video on loading um, a movie camera, once you do it a few times, if you, if you stay with it, yeah, like this little M M35, it, I don't think it's an easy camera to load. But once you start loading it regularly, mm-hmm. you become the expert. You right. become you become the expert. It becomes second nature. Becomes second nature. Same thing with going outside without a light meter. Uh, I still haven't mastered that. You know, I envy you for that. It's something you just you know you have to do it enough. I think what people fail to realize is the amount of failure I've had in my life. 
Well, but we never talk about that, though. It's no, important. You got to fail in order to succeed. Of fa- I'm talking about flat failure, mm-hmm. and I take these things very serious because I know people. I knew I know people out there. You know, they'll invest in photography businesses. Wow. You know, they'll they'll you know they'll you have to stick. You have to you have to if you believe in it, you can yeah. make it happen. It's really true. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I remember, you know, Mark Dalzell, whom I miss greatly. He's a really smart guy. He's like one of the smartest guys I know. By the way, folks, he's still alive. He's still alive. <laughs> yes. I'm not talking about him in the in the past sense of life. Um, but when he first started doing photography, he was terrible. But now I see his stuff and I'm like, man, he really, over the course of just a very short time, a couple of years, became an excellent photographer at being able to pick things up with his eye and being able to use uh, you know, his camera outside without a meter, etc. Because he stuck to it, and it was something that informed his life a lot. So it's like anything. The more you do it, the better you get at it. Nobody's good at anything right off the bat. Let's see if we can get him on the phone. It's that stick to itness. He's going to be at the store right now. Good. Oh, Mark died. <laughs> <laughs> you calling his cell phone? Or yeah, I'm calling his cell phone. Uh, if I see my name, it's like, I'm not going to pick up. Exactly. Nah, gonna... He's probably right in the middle of something. Hey. Oh, here he is. Oh, hey, hey Mark, uh, you're on the Film Photography Podcast. Wow, I feel honored. Listen, uh, John and I want to tell you, we both think that you're an excellent photographer. Yes. I'm just talking about you and how in a very short time you uh, went from zero to, you know, a hundred. Because you, you, you put the time in, you put the dedication, you really focused up. And in no time at all, I was m- marveling at your photography. Well, thanks. I had, you know, I've been doing photography a long time. It was just film photography was the thing I had to get into. But you know, you you went uh, you overcame all the technical obstacles rather quickly. Yeah, well, that was the fun part. That, see, yeah, for sure. Thank you. You have that kind of brain. So when Played you with uh, weird old films and weird old cameras and and yeah. and you 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 stumbled through a lot of failures. Like, did you do you had some fails and you just kept going? Yeah, but I always expected that, especially you know using some. 60-year-old film that I bought out of a basement estate sale, like, and then you shoot shoot a bunch of it, and then it all comes out black. It's discouraging, but, you know, a lot of time I work. Or trying to figure out how to use that LPD-4 film or all kinds of oddball stuff. Good job. Well, thanks. I assumed you were complimenting me because you broke something and needed it fixed. <laughs> <laughs> Buttering me up. Well, that's the second half. No. no. Yeah. No. no. Well, we just wanted to say, as a human, you have two likes from us. I'm gone viral. <laughs> so, so I'll, I'll be in touch soon. See if I can drag you in here for do a, a, our, our Thanksgiving special edition podcast. Yeah, sure thing. Let me know. That'd be fun. All right, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you soon, Mark. All right, talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Ciao. He also now we can talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's going to listen now because he's uh, on. Uh, I won't tell him what episodes he's on. Oh, okay. Mark, if, if you're listening, Mark. He always th- like he thinks that to give the cu- he thinks I'm greasing him up to get something. It's not true. Is that, has, has that happened previously? <laughs> Does he have a reason to say that? People usually just don't pluck that out of the air. You know what like, it is? I suggest everyone date a Buddhist. <laughs> Do they date? Are they allowed to date? 
Uh, some some do, some don't. Uh, some will, some won't. Yeah. Who, what Buddhist did you ever date? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Not recently. Let's put it that way. Well, what are the benefits of dating a Buddhist? Uh, she brought an amazingly different perspective to things. Made you get chill. Yeah. Made you stop seeing something, see the positive and not yes, the, the negative of the Without situation. Understanding how us in our American culture, especially here in North Jersey. Oh, my God. North Jersey. I want to sit down. It's a, it's a freaking cage here. Yes. Oh. How things you do in your everyday life actually could be hurtful to someone. Yes. That is the perspective that mm. you can learn by reading or Taking a course, or all right, lend me your Buddhist perspective on this. I don't. I'm not. I'm very rusty. I've been uh, many years. But God, driving down a narrow road, and yeah. some jerk just gets out of their car and flings their door all the way open, so that you have to stop when you're in the street. They prop. They probably. How do you be nice about that? They probably need a hug. They almost needed an ambulance. Mm, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Certainly, people who lash out. The lash out, especially online, we're talking about online and social media. Mm. People are taking up their bottled, bottled badness, yeah. and they're directing it somewhere else just You're to right. get it out. You're right. Because the thing is, man, is like when you're driving on the road, I mean, like you get a person who's that rude, I mean, they're going to kill you. So, like, if you give them a quick, sh- short, sharp shock, they don't do it again. Dig it. I mean, he got off light because I could have given him a flash, you know, I only hit him once. <laughs> well, a lot of life lessons today, Mike. Yeah, today, yeah. Uh, you know, and I'm open to discussion if someone wants to... You want to recap? Podcast? Yeah, what is the recap? Film's <laughs> going up. Deal with it. It's no more expensive than it has been, so stop your bitching. Don't be disingenuous. If Be on brand. And, uh, you know, every once in a while, go for a walk by yourself and take some pictures. Exactly. And call Mark. Boost his spirits a little bit if you have the time. Exactly. Call a friend and let him know that you care for them. So my goal for my goal for my God, it's November already. What happened? Shit. Pretty soon <laughs> it's going to be uh, Christmas. My goal for the rest of the year is we'll do our show for the fifteenth yeah. of December, yeah. and if we can, we'll have Mark come in one night. We'll do a special edition, like New Year's edition. Yeah, maybe we'll do our New Year's show. We didn't do that in a few years. Really? Yeah, I know Mark has a bunch of cameras. That he never got. Mark would always come to the show. And you would always forget about him. And he would just never get to do his camera review. What's wrong with us? We just go off about other stuff. Oh, <laughs> we're we, never we, on point. Uh, we've been a lot better on point than we were in the well, past. Well, with just you and me, yes. I'll tell you what, sh- I mean, we have to go. What shocks me is these people I get emails from that they sit through the whole library of FPP. How? I don't know. How do you... How do you do it? I don't know. Podcasting. The only time I'll, I'll, I'll text John or, or call John, but Johnny, I've got to listen to the new show, is because I built a fart sound effect into it <laughs> at a very, like, you know, key pro- point. Key point. <laughs> <laughs> that's always newsworthy for me. Come on. Uh, I, I shouldn't hilarious. be, even, the, video, even the, the YouTube channel, wherever I could put like burp, <laughs> fart, chewing, burp, fart. Like always those three things <laughs> that I'm sure really uh, pisses people off because they're not – people think like, oh, that's so rude. Uh, always use oh, – Say that again. Ugh. Keep talking. Keep the show going. Okay, Don't end the show though. I no, I no. want to keep, keep going on after – it says nine minutes remaining, but um, – 
I want to keep the show going. Oh, my God. It's who you are, Mike. Don't fight it. Don't fight it. If you could buy farts and chews, you would. Just not likes and views. Let me see. For $49, for $49, you could buy 30,000 farts. All different effects. Dry, wet. <laughs> oh, come on. No, you're getting too deep into it, man. For $199, you could buy 50,000 burp sound effects. Have them added to your videos. <laughs> that would be great. I always In wanted to. In a perfect to, world, that would happen. I always wanted to. Like, I'm like, I can't because I don't have the time. But, and no, one, no one's asked me of a, you know, another film photography podcast sending me their show and have me edit it. Oh, <laughs> oh my God! Oh, it would—that would be wild. Because you just go crazy, nuts. There I go again, shouting at the world. I suppose some people have to shout at the world to make themselves feel they're doing something. It's not really much good because the world can always shout back louder. Okay. All right, let's get out of here. Okay.
Waiting for 